This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you. Uh, as Mitchell, look, this next story I think is, is deeply fascinating at, at so many levels. I, I think there's the, the underlying question of, you know, what don't we know about our universe? Which is a lot, apparently. And it's a bit of a paradox because I think the more we learn and the more we're able to study our universe, maybe the more questions that get raised. So I think uh, at the heart of this story is, uh, is a mystery and how we go about trying to, to solve mysteries like this. And this in particular is what's known as FRBs, fast radio bursts, which I suppose are pretty straightforward. As one story refers to them, they are extragalactic five millisecond bursts of radio emissions that generate about 500 million times the energy our own sun emits. These were first detected about 10 years ago. And 10 years later, we're still really not sure what they are. So I think that's interesting on its own. Now, adding a layer of fascination to this is, is, uh, well, a pretty provocative question. Again, what if it's not a question of what's generating these, but rather who? Is it possible that this could be a signature of sorts of a super advanced civilization? Now, look, obviously, it's a deeper and a fundamental question. Does life exist elsewhere in the universe? Odds are that it does. That amongst the possibly trillions of galaxies, each with hundreds of billions of stars, maybe it's quite probable that there are advanced civilizations that exist far more advanced than ours. So if that's the case, would we be able to detect their presence? And is that what we're doing here? Well, that's what a team of scientists from, from Harvard University have proposed. Now, maybe a long shot explanation, but at least it seems to offer an explanation of sorts to what's been a, a decade-old mystery. Uh, joining us on the line, very pleased to welcome to the program, uh, Professor Avi Loeb, who's the Frank B. Baird Jr. Professor of Science at Harvard University, serves as chair of the Department of Astronomy and also founding director of Harvard's Black Hole Initiative and director of the Institute for Theory and Computation. Dr. Loeb, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. My pleasure. Okay, uh, let me get a bit more of a, an expert explanation here of what fast radio bursts are and, and why they present such a challenge and such a mystery. Well, um, they appear to be very bright for their distance. They come from the edge of the universe, and nevertheless, they are quite bright. Um, and they last only for a fraction of a second, at thousands of a second. Um, and so uh, they're very unusual uh, in the sense that uh, the sources we know about uh, cannot be them. Um, and uh, in particular, uh, we know of, uh, for example, pulsars. These are neutron stars that have a mass similar to the sun and a size similar to a big city. They're very compact and they spin and they um, shine in, in the radio uh, like uh, lighthouses. Uh, we see them coming to our sight uh, every now and then uh, periodically. But these are, uh, the, the fast radio bursts are tens of billions of times brighter than pulsars. And we simply don't know what they are. So in, in terms of thinking about what they might be, I mean, most astronomers would adopt a conservative view and would say perhaps these are neutron stars or pulsars. When they are born, they are much brighter than they are later on in their life. So perhaps we are seeing a newborn neutron star uh, that is extremely bright. Uh, however, we've never seen something like that in our own galaxy, for example, or in, in any other galaxy. We have no clue. 
So at the moment, since we, we don't know much, um, we examine the possibility that perhaps these radio waves are produced artificially by an advanced civilization that developed a technology to produce very powerful beams. Because one way we know how to generate radio waves is using an antenna. Uh, It's a very efficient way of generating powerful radio beams. And you might ask, why would an advanced civilization want to generate a very powerful beam that can be seen all the way through the universe? And the answer to that is sales. Um, uh, we are all familiar with a sailboat co- concept when uh, yeah, the wind you have a sail blows, that's yeah. being pushed by a wind. Uh, but the same principle can apply to light. You can reflect light off a sail such that it w- you will basically propel a spacecraft this way without the spacecraft needing to carry its own fuel. Um, and if you work out the numbers, uh, you find that if you want to, to propel uh, a very massive spacecraft that carries extraterrestrials or, or humans and so forth, then uh, the radio is the best type of light that you can use for that purpose. Uh, and so we, we, we worked the numbers of what, you know, what is needed to produce these fast radio bursts. And they seem interesting. It looks like the beamer of the radiation has to have roughly the size of a rocky planet like the Earth, uh, and the amount of energy you need is roughly the amount of energy that the Earth is getting from the sun. And so that sort of made sense to us. Uh, it, these are coincidences that needed, that, that were not necessary um, uh, to, to, to take place. And, and they saw, uh, that motivated us to put them together and say, look, uh, the, they lend some credibility. The coincidences lend some credibility to the possibility that the signals are artificial. We don't know if they are, but more data can help us figure out. So you say there's a way to answer that question. Right. Because maybe we would never know, but maybe there is evidence to point in that. um, So there is a way to to figure out, and that's based on uh, additional uh, properties of these fast radio bursts. For example, you can look at how bright they are as a function of uh, um, wavelength or frequency of, of the radio waves. Uh, and there might be some very peculiar pattern to the intensity of the burst as a function of, of wavelength or frequency that will indicate that it cannot be produced artificial, uh, naturally from a, from a neutron star. Because in the case of a pulse or a neutron star, you often get a very broad distribution of frequencies. But in this case, if we were to dissect uh, more data on these and find something peculiar, some peculiar pattern in the distribution as a function of frequency or in the uh, time dependence of these signals, then we could tell if, if there is, uh, if they look unnatural. Uh, on the other side, if, if uh, we find an association uh, of, of the sources with conventional astronomical sources, for example, if we, if we figure out that there was an explosion of a star just, you know, 10 years before each of these fast radio bursts, then we would know they must be linked to a natural process, like the collapse of a star, an explosion of a star. So we can, with more data, we can, in principle, figure out what, what, what the origin is. Well, it, it's, it's certainly an exotic explanation. As you say, it, it fits the data, but, um, you know, it's... As you say, it's 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 hard for everybody else involved to to maybe come to grips with that kind of an explanation. That's right. It's certainly outside the box. Um, 
But um, my lesson from the history of science uh, is that uh, we shouldn't be guided by prejudice. Um, What we should be guided by is evidence. Uh, It's just like a detective story. You collect the data, and then whatever the data tells you, whatever the evidence tells you, you you use to to exclude uh, the possible interpretations that are not fitting the data. So uh, it's actually a lot of fun to be a scientist because you don't need to know the answer in advance. You just put the various uh, possibilities on the table and then you collect more data to figure out the correct one. Well, and I guess, you know, if we're making that, that parallel, I think that, the, you know, the notion of having blinders on, if you go in with an assumption that one scenario is more likely than another... Uh, chances are you might get led to a, a wrong conclusion. Exactly, and and if you look at the history of, of humans, that happened a lot of times. Uh, for a thousand years, people thought they know that the sun moves around the earth because you see it moving in the sky, uh, but it turns out the earth moves around the sun. Uh, and so we shouldn't uh, make a, uh, you know, a, a prejudice. I mean, uh, for many, many years, people thought uh, that the motion of of stars and planets on the sky uh, control our destiny. That's uh, astrology, and um, and turned out to be wrong. We are not at, at the center of the act. I mean, they don't care about us. That the stars just move out there, and so having a model, an idea of what you might want to find, because of wishful thinking, because you think you are at the center of the action, uh, is the wrong approach. Uh, we should collect as much data as possible and and try to figure out without any prejudice what it means. Well, it's interesting. So we, we now have the capability to detect more of these fast radio bursts. How, how frequently do we see them? We, uh, there should be thousands of them every day. And uh, so far we have detected uh, about uh, 18 of them, but that's just because they're challenging to detect. So we need to use the very biggest uh, telescopes, radio telescopes on Earth. Uh, and um, and, and, you know, it takes time to, to find them because uh, uh, you don't know where to point. Uh, and th- these telescopes often look at a small portion of the sky. But if you ask how many of these events take place on the entire sky per day, it's in the thousands, up to 10,000 per day. So there are plenty of them uh, because they originate from the entire universe. Uh, it sounds like a big number, um, you know, th- thousands of them. But it actually, if you uh, figure out how frequently such an event should take place in a galaxy like the Milky Way, it's once per centuries. Uh, So, you know, eventually we might have an event like that in the Milky Way, but uh, we have to wait for that hundreds of years. And, um, you know, it may have happened, but we didn't look. Well, it's quite fascinating. Professor Loeb, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. My pleasure. All right, take care. That's uh, Professor Avi Loeb, Frank B. Baird, uh, Junior Professor of Science, uh, Harvard University. As mentioned, chaired the Department of Astronomy, founding director of Harvard's Black Hole Initiative. Uh, So certainly very accomplished and highly respected in this field. And so I think that in part is is, uh, what's, I think, got people interested in this. Obviously, the conclusion as well, or at least the, the suggestion. Again, he's not necessarily coming on and saying this is what it is. Here's our new theory. This is what we believe it to be. I think this is uh, taking an outside-the-box approach and saying, wait a second, what if it is something like this? How does that fit with the evidence? How does that fit with the data? And it seems to fit pretty well. So it's something we can explore further. And maybe we can rule it out at some point. Or maybe more evidence will, will point us further in this direction.
Because the problem is a lot of other explanations have been put on the table and none of them really seem to make sense. So as described here in Popular Mechanics, uh, quotes Professor Loeb saying an artificial origin is worth contemplating and checking. The idea here is that these fast radio bursts come from an immense alien power plant that would be used to propel ships using light sails. As he says, a powerful beam of light could propel a reflective surface in the vacuum of space, which is the basis for light sail technology. Current human light sail experiments use light from the sun, but scientists are also working to develop a worldwide system of lasers that could propel small nanoprobes to about 20% the speed of light. Such technology called photonic propulsion could send a probe, for example, to Alpha Centauri, the closest star system to us, in roughly 20 years. So it's certainly theoretically possible that an advanced alien species could use photonic propulsion to power much larger spaceships. Uh, so Loeb and his colleague uh, Manasvi Lingam found that if an object twice the size of the Earth were harnessing solar power, converting the energy into a laser beam to propel spacecraft, then the radio emissions from it would be detectable even across billions of light years. Such a planet-sized power system would be capable of accelerating a spaceship weighing a million tons, about 20 times bigger than the biggest cruise ships. So it's uh, exotic, it's unorthodox, it's outside of the box, but why not approach it that way? Because with something like this, and for 10 years, it's plagued the smartest minds in the field. They're not really sure how to explain these radio bursts. So maybe it's not this at all, but it's, it's certainly a, a compelling theory. Anyway, 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.